This is a call to those who want incredible success, but do not necessarily want to get filthy rich. You want to help others, be purposeful, and enjoy all life has to offer. Welcome to the Inbound Marketing Revolution. This is Dow of Inbound with Ion Garlic. of Dow Inbound. I'm Ian Garlic, CEO of Authentic Web, and we've got yet another incredible guest. And really, this guest, you know, a lot of our guests are, are tangential to marketing and tangential to inbound marketing. And this one is just deep. Our guest today is deep in the middle of it. He's really what originally defined inbound marketing, his business. Um, he started several businesses, uh, lived in Costa Rica, and I want to talk to him a little bit about that today. And is a father and just an all-around awesome guy and an athlete and doing some really cool stuff in the fitness space on his own fitness. Uh, Nate Kennedy, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm excited to be here with you and just uh, jam a little bit on some marketing and inbound. Yeah, I love it. And Nate's, uh, Nate's the founder of Optimized Assets. Can you tell me a little bit about what Optimized Assets does? Yeah, absolutely, man. So um, we do a lot of website optimization and lead generation for companies. So we come in and and make paid traffic work, right? So a client wants to expand their business. We're going to come in. We're going to optimize their site so they can run Facebook ads. They can run Google ads and really put a, a number on that, right? So instead of just money going out, they could equate that to revenue indoor as well and see what their ROI is based on paid traffic, which really makes it a lot easier and faster process to scale, via as opposed to kind of just growing your business through referrals and word of mouth. Yes. Yes. And I mean, it, it's, to me, it's, a, it's a no brainer and it seems like it should be a necessary thing for business, but so few people still know about it. Um, how did you get involved in, in the inbound area? Yeah, it's, uh, my, the, the story piece of it is I, you know, as a scuba diving instructor in Key West, and got into the mortgage space, started a mortgage, you know, was in that for a couple of years, started a mortgage company and, and stumbled upon trying to find ways to generate leads for our business and stumbled upon Dan Kennedy mm-hmm. and then some of his platinum members in the mortgage space and, you know, started the, that's how I got involved in marketing in the online marketing process. And that evolved over time and it created my own info business and just seeing and it you know, my mind clicks, man. I love marketing, so I enjoy it, and especially the digital side, right? Knowing that you can spend X and make, make, you know, make Y, right? Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where as things started evolving, you know, I had a couple info companies and I sold those, and I had been building funnels and website, you know, processes for for people on the side and rolled into optimized assets. And as the markets evolved rapidly, you know, I just started seeing a huge value in inbound. Back and, and you're aware of this, like you know, back in the day, it used to be you just put up a page, and it was always about giving me something, right? Like, mm-hmm. give me your name and email, and then I'll give you this, right? And as the market matures, and as people mature, and as they get more used to being online, that process changes to being what what I love about inbound marketing. You know, you have to put valuable content in today's environment in front of your customer, you know, to to build a relationship with them and and get them into your system and, and want to work with you. Whereas before it's not so much, you know, anymore of 
you know, it's so I guess, you know, the to step back and answer that question, it's really just kind of evolved over time from like owning my own businesses and understanding marketing and being the marketing guy for my companies and then selling those companies and then working with other companies and just kind of evolving and seeing how our markets evolved and trying to stay ahead of the curve as we do that in inbound. I'm a big believer of giving, always giving first and which works perfect for me in the inbound mindset. Yes, that's great. And yeah, and for me too, and I mean, that's what the podcast is about. That's what I, I guess I love having on. It is about giving first and, and, and showing people what you've got. Um, it, but I want to jump into something, you know, we talked right before the podcast, but it's also one of the first things I ever heard you say, like first time I met you, it was about the failure rate of offers. And we we as marketers never talk about this you know initially to our clients um i never you never see it. it's like hey this is where we screwed up i you know ryan dice is starting to talk about it a little bit and people are starting to talk about it a little bit but people don't realize how often marketing fails and then you got to fix it um and, you, and you're starting a podcast about that right yeah that, that's fine what i want to do is i want to i want to bring that stuff to the forefront right and you know there's marketing mistakes. I mean, there's tons of marketing mistakes, you know, very few offers are winners. And, you know, and, and Ryan's partner, Perry talks a lot about that, you know, like he, he's an amazing copywriter and he can craft offers, but not all his stuff is winners. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so you got people who want to get into the IM space and marketing space and they craft an offer and they think it should win right away and just crush it. And that's not the case. So what I really want to highlight on Conversion Corner, the podcast that we're launching, is is the market, you know, the challenges and the mistakes that people made with their offers and what they learned through that process to to make it a winner, right? So, or hey, you know, why is your, you know, obviously you have a winning offer now, but how many iterations and how many companies did you try or offers did you try before you got to where you're at, right? So. Yeah. Wow. That, so, yeah. You know, so valuable. Talk about that stuff because, you know, it's one, it, everyone can talk about the wins, right. And, and how things are working for them. But I, I, I think there's huge value in learning what's not working. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and there's, you know, so cause someone may have an idea like, Oh, that one, but I wonder if I try this. Right. And then they realize they go down a rabbit hole that they could have avoided if someone would have just talked about that up front. Yeah. Yeah, or even just knowing how to handle the losses, because I, I think that's the hardest part for us when you bring on a client is is they're they're not ready for things not to work. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and and as marketers early on, you're not ready for things not to work. How how do you mentally prepare for that? I mean, do you just go, hey, I, I know this is not going to work. I'm going to try my hardest to make it work. Or do you just just go? I'm going to find out what's not working. How how do you do that? It's it is you know if you do what happens to the biggest thing is getting started. It's doing the research up front, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to do the research up front and make sure that you got the right you know you're going after the right targeting, all the right people, all that stuff. But um, you know, I think the to, to to kind of take it a little side here. There's an expectation. So you just kind of threw a story. So we brought a new client on. And the relationship didn't work out and, but it became, what happened was we came in and we have, we set expectations, right? So when you launch a business, like if, and you're spending money on paid traffic, expect the first 30 days to be, uh, learning, 
right? You, you're trying to find what's going to work, what's not going to work. You're testing things and everything else. And then from there, the next, what you, once you find those winners in those first 30 days, your goal is to find, is to duplicate that success in the next 30 days. And then after that day, you know, once you hit into 60 to 90 days, you're trying to scale things, right? Well, we had a client come on and I had, I always had that conversation up front, right? Uh, because it, it's a process, you know, learning and, and, and building a, a winning business is not overnight, especially with paid traffic. And it was, we were, we were 10 days into paid traffic and she, she basically said, I'm done working with you. This isn't working. And she's like, turn off all my ads. <laughs> all right. You know, there's nothing you can do with that, right? Yeah. Like, uh, but the expectation was instant results, which is a lot of what people expect in online. And I, you know, I want to want people to understand that's not the case. You know, like you, you have to test, tweak, optimize, and and you got to take some lumps uh, to get where you're going. But it's fighting through that understanding. Like if you got the expectation that's not going to be a winner right out of the gate, then you're fine. Yeah, that's you know, great. And, and you're setting yourself up, saying, "All right, I know I'm going to have some stuff that loses." Right. So as long as I'm also learning and seeing what's winning out of those losses, I know that I can build a winning business. And how, how do you look for that stuff? How do you look for what's not working? How do you separate out what's working and what's not working? I mean, because you, you, you start getting let's get, get like take Facebook ads. If you start, you're like, OK, I'm getting dollar leads or dollar fifty leads. Hey, this is working. But then you get in and they're not actually becoming customers and now you're looking at that part of the funnel but how do you know not to look earlier on or how do you do that do you have a, do you have a formula in place yeah we do so like so what i like to when i when i talk to people i like to talk about this you want to build back to front right so when you're building your online processes what is the main what's the big problem you're solving and how are you helping clients what's the result you're getting them mm-hmm. and then you want to craft all your inbound content you know forward from there you know, the offer that you make to turn them into a client, the content you put in front of them to make your offer, the ad that you put in front of your content, right? So you build back to front, but you have to optimize from front to back. So for us, what we do is we actually do some financial projections up front. And we say, okay, here's our baseline. Here's our break even on, on a campaign. And then what we do from the break even side of that campaign is say, we'll look at it on the front. We're looking, all right, here's what we can pay cost per click. Here's what we can pay cost per lead if we get this conversion rate on the sale, and and if our sales cost is this, so we kind of we have a metrics that we follow. So when we're optimizing, we're like, you know what, we're getting dollar leads, but we're only you know, but our our sales rate conversion is, is awful, so we're not backing out. So you know what, it's not about the lead cost. Sometimes we have a um, a story I like to tell about one of our a page that we have that. And, and this was a lesson for me two years ago as I was going through it because I coming from like, man, I got to get cheaper leads, right? It's not about cheaper leads. It's about the right leads, no matter what the cost, mm-hmm. if the ROI is there. So we had a page that was converting at two and a half percent and and it still does to this day. And I ran a big media buy to it and drove a bunch of traffic to it. It's converting at two and a half percent. And I'm like, this is this is awful. How do I, how do I get more leads and get, get a higher percentage? But then I went back and looked at the numbers and the, you know, the big media buy we did, we only spent a thousand dollars on it. So it really wasn't that big, but that equated to over $180,000 in revenue for the company. Wow. So I'm like two and a half percent that, you know, that sucked, but actually it was amazing because 
I also had less phone calls, and most people I got on the phone with became clients, right? Because it was it was actually doing an amazing job of screening and qualifying the people. By the time that we have our our call, it was hey. You know, what can we, you know, how can we take this and make it work online? You explain it to them and then they're, they're ready to go. Yeah, and that's such an important thing when it comes to inbound marketing because people get so concerned about metrics, cost per click or whatever, and they're not looking at their actual bottom line and, and that, that added value that you just had because I, I, I run into it all the time and most marketers do. If you do a good job, you, you start getting people volumes of traffic and then they start going, well, uh, these aren't the people I wanted. And I'm like, well, you asked for phone calls and you didn't tell me who you wanted. And, you know, and I asked you and you said, just give me phone calls. I mean, we've changed our business so we don't do that anymore. But people don't realize the value that you just talked about in selecting out. Like, yeah, you get two and two and a half percent conversion rate, but you don't. How much value in your time are you saving? That's awesome. Um, and and how do you go? How do you discover that in clients? How could someone discover what's important to them outside of just that funnel? Uh, you know what's what's important to them, or what's important to their the person they want to acquire as a client. No, what's important to them? Like when you're when you're talking to a client, you know, is there a way that, or like if someone's listening to this and and they're like, oh, I just want more leads because that's you know everyone that contacts you wants more leads. Mm-hmm. But we we have to tell them, you know, it's not just about the leads. Like you were just saying, it's not just about the yeah. leads. Well, do you want leads or do you want clients? Yep. Right. And if if I can get you leads for a dollar and it's but it's taking a hundred of those to turn into a client, and I'm just using baseline numbers here. Yeah. You know, or if I can get you ten dollar leads and fifty percent of those turn into clients, what do you want? You know, it's it's it really doesn't the lead cost sometimes doesn't matter. What matters is is the client. So it's is your inbound marketing system and your process. Um, you know, if they say I want leads, so so what I would do if a client comes to me and what I do is when they say I want leads, I'm like, all right, well let's define who that who that client is first. Right. And then let's build and talk about the challenges and the problem like talk about the results you're going to get them, talk about the pains they have and go through that process so we can actually screen these people enough so your leads are qualified or more qualified than just being a lead. Because just like you said, I mean we, you know, just you know, when you know when you know marketing, it's easy to drive leads. Mm-hmm. It's tougher to drive clients. Yes, that's such an important point. Um, and you know, one of the things I love about your background and the reason I because I, I didn't come from a quote unquote I am. And for people that don't know the difference, yeah, you know, it's we're all doing internet marketing, but I am is really like a direct response person, someone that mm-hmm. makes their money purely through internet marketing. Um, and I didn't come from that background. I came from a marketing background, but got to know a lot of the guys in the IM field because I, those guys always did the most cutting edge stuff. Um, and you know, some of it was a little shady, but a lot of these techniques that they're using are just amazing. And there's such an opportunity for regular businesses. And that's what I love about your background because you have that IM background that you're now applying to real life. I mean, not, not that I am businesses are not real, but you're applying to essentially bricks and mortar businesses. Um, yeah, and and I realized actually we were talking about that previously. Like we, you kind of as your business grows and you evolve and, and learn more, and you know it's it's one of those things where 
you start you you start looking at you know the the true value that you're bringing and where you want to bring it. And the brick and mortar businesses we have such a positive effect on their companies, you know, because it's a world on the direct response side they truly don't know, right? Because when you set up a brick and mortar, a lot of times people are like, well. You know, you got all these companies coming in selling their services, you know, the brick and mortar style services, and then you have you bring a direct response component into some of these guys. They've never seen it, they've never been talked to about it, and then you can show them real quick like how fast you can fill them up with leads and and phone calls and things like that. It's it's just game changing for them. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it allows them to grow faster, to be better entrepreneurs, to to really enjoy. And you know, they start a business for a reason, right? And yep. so now they can actually they can truly enjoy having that business and not stress about the the revenue side of it. And I, I think enjoying the business not just from the revenue side, but something you said up front, which is giving. And I think a lot of business owners go in to to serve people. There's a and that's and unfortunately in the past it's been a lot of those servant business owners that never succeeded because they didn't want to quote unquote market. But now they can do this value based marketing, which you're doing, which is phenomenal. Um, where do you see the biggest opportunities for, um, for businesses? Is there a certain type of business that you see a huge opportunity to apply this kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, there's, um, I mean, there's just so many, but for us, it's, you know, we, it's a, a thing that a conversation I had this morning was with a guy who owns a coffee shop and, he was, you know, he's like, Hey, I can't afford your services. I would, wasn't even, didn't even tell him what our price was. <laughs> and, uh, and we were talking, but it made me realize, I was like, you know, for us to get best results for a client, for example, they have to have a little bit higher ticket offer or service, mm-hmm. right? So you have to acquire for a coffee shop that's selling a $4 cup of coffee or $4, you know, like it's a little tougher to drive into a small coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Because unless you're generating repeat buyers out of that because the coffee is somehow amazing. like, But at least I, to me, it would make more sense for that coffee shop if they had two to four locations, right? Yep. You know, it would be easier to drive them results. So for us, it's the way that we run inbound, the companies, it's, they have a little bit higher ticket process. They have residuals that come in and things of that nature. So for us, what I think are huge opportunities for, you know, like you got – um, huge opportunities in fitness. You got huge opportunities like fitness companies can do massive. Um, dentist, it's an amazing process for dentists. It's amazing. You, there's weight loss clinics. Um, even, I mean, you do a lot of this for attorneys to yourself, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's, those are great guys because they have, you know, they're building relationships and keeping clients long term. So, you know, there's any vertical along those lines. I think our chiropractors another good one. I think that is is a great vertical to go into for inbound or those guys to use up. You know, inbound processes for sure. And so, if you were, to does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. I love that. And and for if someone's like, okay, I, I kind of understand what it is. In a nutshell, what if you were saying one sentence? What inbound marketing was. What would you call it? Because you and I have a definition in our head, but like if I was a chiropractor, what would you tell me inbound marketing was? Well, inbound marketing is just lead generation, right? I mean, at the same time, it's just the way that you present your, the way that you present your information in front of a client to generate leads. Gotcha. I don't I mean, it's, for me, it's because, you know, I say inbound marketing, but we always have a, a super, so what we really do is we do. We mash up inbound marketing, content marketing with low paid 
ad strat low cost ad strategies to generate leads right so it's it's pushing your information strategically using paid ads for us it's pushing strategically pushing your content with paid ads in front of your demographic gotcha. to get your exposure awesome that's, awesome. that's what we do so it's kind of a mix yeah and and you do some really cool stuff you do awesome stuff but i'm sure it's changing all the time i mean just because the the nature of attention is changing um what are you what do you do to stay in, on top of it all education man um so we do a, a newsletter once a week that we put out called conversion corner and that's kind of stemming into the podcast but i'm constantly reading and learning and trying to stay ahead of what's going on. Plus, we're in a bunch of different businesses, so we're running a bunch of testing and everything else. So we're learning, you know, strategies based on what we're doing daily. And our conversion corner newsletter really is just that's what it is. It's it's the stuff that I read weekly. What we do is we just curate that and put it out to our people and say, hey, here's what we've learned this week. And um, but that's really it's. I mean, you just gotta read. There's a lot of we filter through a lot of information to get the stuff that that works. But luckily with the, with the nature of our business, we're able to take what we learn and implement it pretty quick in other, in our clients' businesses and, and test it to see if it is, is real. Is it legit? Did it work? You know? Mm-hmm. So, and if someone wants to get on that conversion corner list, do they have to pay or can they just sign up? No, 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 no. It's just, uh, it's, a, it's a, the, you know, the value of giving, right? So we, we put that out there. It's, um, it's on optimizedassets.com, it's, which is our company name and our website. All right. So it's there. All right. So we'll put that in the show notes if you guys want to. I mean, that's awesome because you're getting an expert curating all – because there's such a – it's a fire hose of information. And, and someone curating what's actually working, that's phenomenal. So mm-hmm. uh, make sure you're signing up for that. Um, and uh, I'm going to ask you – I know you have a lot of secrets. I'm not going to ask you your deep, deep secret tips, but – what what do you think's a cutting edge tip that you can share with people right now that they could, if they're a little more advanced, uh, they could use to improve their funnels or improve their paid traffic? So a lot of people right now drive straight to like lead page, right? Mm-hmm. So what we do with some of our stuff is we take that lead, that lead magnet, right, that somebody gives away, but after you give them information, and we turn that into a blog post and just give it to people. So that way, it's very targeted to your exact demographic. So we know what uh, running running through a process. So step back a second and just run through a process. I would go figure out your number one, your best client. Who is your best client? I would then go talk to them. And I don't know how cutting edge this is. It's just a method to the madness that always works. And um, ask them exactly what their biggest challenges are, why they hired you, everything else. And then I would craft a content piece that provides massive value to that exact person. And then I would go pay, I would go on Facebook, which you can get zero hyper targeted on who you want to attract. And I would run ads to that content piece to build your value and put your name in front of them. And then more importantly, drop a cookie on them. So one thing that people do is they're always trying to build companies, build email lists, but at the same time in today's environment, you're also building a digital list. And your digital list is the cookies that you dropped on pages. That's your perfect avatar that you can put your business in front of, your offers in front of, and everything else. So I would cookie them, and then I would retarget them with the exact offer or the strategy session, whatever it is you want them to do to become a you know a lead and then a customer. Awesome, that is great, great, 
advice, an amazing technique that so many people skip, and and uh, it, it's phenomenal. Um, okay, so I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your uh, workout that you're doing because I think it's pretty cool. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and I just met this doctor last night. Actually, he's uh, who I want to connect with to help with that. So um, I am training for seal fit which is kind of a growing thing the more more i look at it and i guess what you focus on expands right Mm -hmm. so i see more people like talking about it but i'm training for this like 12 hour boot camp thing and so the training that i'm doing is completely different it had to completely change my mindset on that so i like to lift heavy stuff man i pick it up i put it down and uh (laughs) it's completely different now because i um I have my mobility is awful. So like I've been spending two days a week. Like when, when we end here, I head over to a gym and I'm stretching. I'm doing, uh, I was telling my buddy this, I was like, yeah, no, I've, I've been doing assisted stretching three days a week and it's been helping tremendously just opening up my shoulders, my hamstrings, everything. Right. Like, yeah. you know, for some, what I want to do, I want to be able to sit, sit down comfortably, you know, with my legs crossed. I don't know for some reason that's what I want to do, but it takes mobility to do that. And I don't have it. So anyways, he was like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're doing, man. You're doing man yoga. (laughs) Good point, man. Good point. So so I've been – really, it's kind of forced me out of my comfort zone knowing that I'm going to be doing this 12 hours of just straight intense workout for 12 straight hours, no break. And so I have to improve. I had to look completely different like the food I'm eating, the way I'm training, everything else to get my body in peak performance. To, to be able to do that. So that's actually the doctor I met yesterday. Apparently, you know, that's what he does is he'll, he'll take your genome test, all this stuff. He starts looking at like how your brain's firing. It's kind of wild. But, um, so yeah, I mean, that's the kind of training I'm doing. It's been a couple hours a day, every day, pretty much. That's fantastic. That's really cool. I love that, that type of new stuff, hacking. I love playing around with it. But also, I mean, we, you and I both know that fitness is important to our business. Mm-hmm. And how, I, I mean, how does it change when you, when you're feeling good about yourself? How does your marketing change? How does your business change when, as you start to feel better about yourself? Cause I, I know it, it changes for me, but I'd, I'd like to hear from you. Yeah. Oh, tremendously. Right. So for me, it's one of those things I have, it, it, it's a, a mental effect on me if I don't get a workout in. Mm-hmm. And like today I got a, this morning I was in the gym, I got a workout in, it was very average. So I'm going to go work out again this afternoon while I got this stretch session. And I will actually go run this afternoon or do some sprints and just because to get a better workout. But mentally for me, it's my days. If I start my day off with a workout, I'm more productive through the day. I'm more creative through the day. I have more energy through the day. So it just affects me throughout everything I do, really. But if as opposed to the days that I don't get a workout, I don't get up, I don't get the blood flowing, I don't get stuff going, like – I'm not as mentally sharp. I'm not – for some reason, it just throws off my day to where like I don't even – I'm not as, in a, I'm not as productive either. Yeah. So. Oh, for sure. For sure. And you just feel and, – and also when you're talking to clients, you're, you're not as uh, – not, not you, but I mean the general yeah. you. <laughs> are, yeah. It's not as – you know, you're not as powerful. You're not as confident. And we need to be confident with clients because they're nervous. Well, you, you know, you think about it, if you accomplish something for yourself, right? So you know that you took the time out of the day to make yourself better. And then maybe that's part of it. You know, you know, mentally you've done it. So like when you get on a phone with a client and it's like, you know, hey, man, I'm doing what it takes to make me the best. I'm going to make sure I do the best for you, too. 
Yeah, that's that's so true. You're you're we are our own best asset, most important asset, and we got to take care of it. Um, It's interesting listening to Gary Vaynerchuk's book, and you know how much of that thing is centered around him, and he's getting into health now. But I'm like, oh, that's one of the questions I'm going to ask him too, because everything's centered around him. What happens if that collapses? You know, if like literally if something happened to him, does that what happens to the company? Uh, yeah, was, you know, it's funny that you're, you're going to ask him that question. I was going to ask him uh, some that question, and then you know that 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 uh, question of balance, right? Oh yeah, he 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 is hustling. Yeah, yeah, and, um, he is. There's, there's you know, for me, I kind of you know one thing that's important to me is faith, family, fitness, and finances, right? So I try and break my, and it's something I learned a couple years ago from a from a mentor of mine, and it really stuck with me. It's like you got to have an equality of balance between those four. And, you know, I find that we always, as entrepreneurs, we're always so, and business owners, man, it's, it's drive, 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 fast, 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 business, 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 right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. you get, it's like you got to step back and there's got to be a balance. And, um, cause if, I mean, you know, with kids, as you know, man, it's, they're, they're only small for so long. So exactly. You want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so is one question that I always ask all my, my uh, interviewees is what's the mindset you're working on? What part of that mindset are you working on right now? What part are you, is it the balance or what is it? Uh, like, is it my, like what mindset am I working on or? Yeah. Yeah. But you, like, is there a mindset? Because mindset I, to me is everything, um, mm-hmm. you know, in business and what you're focused, like you said, wh- what you focus on. Um, but we always have to be carving it and, and shaping it and sharpening it. Mm-hmm. And I always find that there's always something else I got to work on. Is there one thing that you're working on right now? Yeah, one thing I'm working on a lot is is bigger growth, right? And so a couple of things. One is bigger growth. Like I, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to be a bigger, better business, right? Like how can we have more of a impact with the companies that we help? And then also, you know, we, we want to grow a, a very, very large organization, which I've never done for many years. I was a solopreneur mm-hmm. and with an assistant. So like business wise, what I'm working on is like how to, you know, like knowing that we have some major goals for the company over the next three to five years, how do we, like, how do we manage team? How do I become a better leader? How do I motivate? How do I come in and, and also trust these people? Because I've been a solopreneur. It's always done it all myself. And how do I, you know, allow myself to trust them to get their job done since they are being paid to do that? We hired them to be great, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I'm trying to, you know, I have that balance that I'm constantly learning, trying to get better at as being a better leader for the for my office family, you know? Yep. And and then the next piece is on top of that is is the balance of everything. So this, uh, which is balance of figuring out the right schedule for me, right? Like I get up at four thirty every day, so it allows me to get up, get stuff done. But I find like between four thirty and seven, I can crank out two thirds of my workday uninterrupted. Yeah. So I've been doing normally. I would get up, go to the gym. Now I'm actually cranking out 4.30 to 7. I'm cranking out most of my work day. Then I'm, you know, hanging with the kids. Then I'm going to the gym. Then I'm going to the office, right? Interesting. So, uh, which has been beneficial. So that's, I'm kind of starting to find balance there, right? But it's also allowing me, by doing that, it's allowing me to trust my team more. It's kind of affecting the business. I'm allowing me to trust my team more because I'm already 
I've got a bunch of stuff done. I've got everything on their plate saying, you know, here's what, here's our objectives for the week. Here's what we need to accomplish. Here's what you need to do today. And then I'm letting them do it. Right. And I'm leaving and I'm going to work out. So, <laughs> uh, so it's kind of helping both, both avenues there. That's pretty cool. I always love hacking my day like that. And, and that's, that's cool. Cause I, yeah, I do, I do my fitness and stuff in the morning, but that's something to think about doing the work. Cause I was doing the work in the morning, I think, yeah, flipping it around sometimes also works too. I find that I got better workouts too. Uh, I have better better workouts because my body's up awake more than being in the gym at 5 a.m., right? When I go to the gym at 10 in the morning, it's yeah, I'm awake. Yeah, you got some blood flowing. Yep. Cool. Um, what's the most influential book you've been reading lately or have ever read? So my favorite book is The Go-Giver. Love it. And... You know, just about the whole principle of giving. I think the most important thing any business and any person can do in life is focus on giving and not expect anything in return. And um, and then and then I think the key to that is not expect anything in return. Don't give just to get. Mm-hmm. And then the book that I just went through that I absolutely loved was uh, the 10x Rule by Grant Cardone. Yeah. And I just finished that last week. As a matter of fact, I, I, so I listen to a lot of audio when I'm actually working out. And I listen to podcasts. I listen to books. And it's, I listened to that and I went ahead and automatically, um, I finished it and then I just pressed play again on it from the beginning today. Nice. Nice. But a a great book, you know, just talking about, you know, everyone says this 10 X thing, right. But, you know, he's talking more about success and everything else that's going on inside of, uh, of business, right. Like growing and going from there. So it's in being a, a much higher level mindset to to take your business and realize you expect more of yourself, right? Yep. And it, your success is you, no one else. Don't blame anyone. Just make it happen. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and and everyone talks about the 10x results, but I, he's talking about the 10x effort that you got to put into it, which I really liked. And and one things one of my takeaways from that was. Um, you know that we have best practices and you should do uh uncommon practices you know it's really best practices are well common practices and Mm -hmm. i I love that idea that was yeah there's a lot of good stuff in there um and then what's your favorite quote oh man um i mean as simple as it is and i think it was uh his name Art. Art uh, said it before Nike said it. But the simple is just do it, right? So I don't know if it's my favorite quote, but it's a quote that I like. Is at the end of the day, you just have to get up and get stuff done. Like just do it. Yeah. Stop talking about it and just do it. Yeah. I mean, and you know, like it's um, and another thing that we have in our office that I also like a lot. I have it posted on the walls. Make it work, then make it better. Love that. And 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 reason being is because as business owners, as as entrepreneurs, we tend to get caught up in the details instead of, you know what, just get it in motion, get it done, and then make it better. So many people get stuck on making stuff perfect that it they lose valuable valuable time in growing their business, valuable time in providing value to their space and helping the people they set out to help because it has to be their vision of perfect. Whereas you never know the vision of perfect until you have clients and customers, right? Mm -hmm. So you might as well just get it out there and let them tell you how to make it perfect. Love that. Yeah, it's so important. And even the best laid plans don't survive the the first shot, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. 
Nate, it's been awesome having you on the show. Um, if someone wants to work with you, if they want to get involved with optimized assets, how, how would they go about that? Yeah, absolutely. So just head on over to optimizedassets.com. Uh, on the site, we have some stuff that you can they can set up a marketing audit with us. That's our version of giving back, right? So we usually jump on with clients and dive through all their marketing systems and lay out a plan for them. If 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 it, they want us to build it for them, awesome. If they want to build it themselves, that's great too. But you know, and we do that for all of our clients on the front. And and then there's uh, so on optimizedassets.com, they can go there and subscribe to that, and happy to help them. Awesome. And uh, when's the podcast coming out, Conversion Quarter? Oh, man, you're putting me to a deadline now. <laughs> <laughs> so we will have we will be up and live in, in April with multiple episodes running. Awesome. I can't wait to listen to it. That is fantastic. Well, Nate, thanks so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I greatly appreciate you having me on. And uh, hopefully, you know, we were able to drop some value for some people oh, today. Oh, tons of it. Uh, and, and thanks to everyone listening. Thanks for uh, bringing Nate and I along on your journey. This is Ian Garlic, CEO of Authentic Web, and this has been the Dow.